Jamie and Fortune's Betamax Dungeon. Welcome everybody to this week's edition of Betamax Dungeon with me, Mark Fortune. And uh, me, Jamie Ball. Hey Mark, hey listener. Uh, welcome to another banjo blubbering, toe flippy nipping, get down on your knees and hail Anton LaVey episode of the Betamax Dungeon. Who's Anton LaVey? Google it later, Mark. Um, as you'll see ahead of you, there's a big... Oh, we're, not, we're going straight into... Div- yeah, Google yeah, it. Oh, it's a throwaway guy. There's a big circular wheel in front of you. Let's as, spin that mofo. Yeah, okay. Um, as ever, Mark, you're going to put your arm in, stop it at a, a random point. With my sexy digit? Whichever digit you want to stick in it, do that. And just the stopping the wheel is the crucial bit. So I'll run down... I'll okay, do we give me the run down? So I've looked at his diary. I've looked at Eagle's diary of bullshit. How many is there? This week, Mark, there are five options. Okay, that's fair enough. Okay. Uh, yeah. Are you doing the bullseye voice? In one. Uh, Eagle returned to the Swinging Gibbet pub to find more information from, you know, from the one-eyed gypsy fortune teller woman, but he discovered that she'd been killed... In a bizarre ritualistic murder. Okay. In two. Eagle went to a cheap teeth gig. In three. Eagle has been cosplaying as Captain Caveman. Okay. In four. See, he's much maligned Captain Caveman. Really. Why is he much maligned? Well, Scooby-Doo gets all the kudos. Everyone loves Scooby-Doo. Yeah. But Captain Caveman, he was... Well, it's very derivative. Same thing. But he, Captain, is it the same thing? Was he finding ghosts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like you Not know, a ghost in the Hanna Barbera world. It was a creepy place to be if you were a kid. But Captain Caveman, he just hung was out. It Casey Kasem. I, you know, I don't, he may, it may have even been him doing the voice. I know he did Scooby Doo. Um, Captain Caveman just hung out in a camper van with three really hot girls, whereas Scooby was hanging out. You know, would you want to hang out with Fred? Right. He's a jock, isn't he? Would you, to be honest, other than Daphne in Shaggy, you wouldn't hang out with any of those people. Well, what, Fred, Fred, 50, Fred in, yeah. 15% of them. <laughs> I, I mean, even Daphne could probably be annoying at times. You'd hang out with Shaggy. What's wrong with Velma? Well, she's okay. She was losing her glasses. Why don't she get a bit of string on them or something? Get some string on them. But she is literally always losing her glasses, Mark. Yeah. How bloody dumb have you got to be? <laughs> To lose your glasses. Where's my glasses, Jamie? I don't know. They got around my <laughs> neck on a bit of string. How many, how many pairs of glasses have I lost in the last month? No uh, idea. Probably five. So anyway, so anyway, that was choice number three. Number... Oh, sorry. In four. Uh, Igor found a dead man dressed in a bear costume down in the lower levels of the dungeon. Uh, in five? In five... Uh, Igor found a glove puppet smeared in Vaseline down the back of the armchair in the dungeon book nook. Fuck's sake. What is going on in this book nook? I'm locked as well. <laughs> so you're saying you're the only person who has access I'm, to the chair well, in the book I think I am. Unless somebody's... It is an old key. Maybe someone's planting stuff there, Mark. You might well, want to look into that. It certainly sounds like it to me. Been... Other than you and Igor, I don't know anyone else who goes near that chair. It must be him doing it. Right, anyway, we didn't land on this one, Mark. All right. Thank God. Let's spin... Let's spin the... I'm spinning the wheel, Mark. Right. All right, here goes my sexy digit. Boom. Look at that. Landed Bang. straight in there on number one. Number one. 
Okay, yeah, so Eagle, um, if you remember recently, he discovered that he was born of the womb of a jackal, yeah. a Carpathia, and uh, the like jackal 500 died. 500 years ago or something, wasn't it? I think it was 2,000 years ago. Um, and then it, through more paperwork, more digging around, he got this lead to go to the swinging gibbet pub, blind gypsy fortune teller. Is that local? Woman. Yeah, just at the road, isn't oh. it? And you ever been in a swinging gibbet? No, it's a bit like the kind of creepy. It's a bit slaughtered lamb esque, a little bit with all the writing on the wall. Oh, uh, you mean the pentagram? Yeah, and the screaming. Anyway, yeah. carry on. The barmaid's nice. Yeah, but um, she, yeah, but you think she's nice because she's a barmaid? No, she's just a nice, particularly pleasant. Why? Why is she? Yeah, ple- why is she, why why, is she why, why do you think she's nice? Because she's just a good at a job, Mark. I'm not. She's just a nice barmaid. Uh, she bucks them like she would be serving pints in the 1850s or something. Not that I've noticed. She's of course, you've normal. noticed. No, I haven't. <laughs> trying to lead me down a path here, Mark. Oh, that no, I don't no. want to go down. No, no, no. Um, so anyway, so yeah. he went back to try and glean more information from whom? Sorry, the, from the one-eyed gypsy fortune teller woman. Yeah. And he was devastated to find out that she'd been murdered. Oh, that's a shame. Um, and it was pretty... Gru- <laughs> that's a shame. It was a pretty gruesome oh, God. affair. Okay. Um, uh, well, yeah, apparently, uh, when they found her, her head had been cut off. Yeah. And it was nowhere to be found at the scene. Her head had disappeared. Okay. And in its place, on her neck, they'd badly, badly stitched a badger's head in its place using baling twine. I don't know if that was significant. They, maybe that was what they had. Well, that was what they had, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. What's baling twine? Is that what they tied bales of hay up with? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there was more to it. There's more to it. Um, okay, yeah, come on. Uh, there were strange sigils cut into her flesh that had been done using a wheat sickle. How do they know? Well, because that was found at the scene. It was all bloody. A wheat sickle. A wheat sickle. Her feet had been chopped off and goat's heads had been stitched there. Goat's heads? Yeah. Weird. That's a little bit more than weird. I know, it's... it's Well, can you... Yeah, it's weird. I didn't see nothing in the, on the, the, the Chippenham Facebook page about that. Well, the police haven't really wanted to give out too much information. Well, how did you get all the information? From Eagle. How does he know the information? Because he went to the pub, he went to the swinging gibbet. Is he a suspect? I don't think Eagle had anything to do with it. He was hoping that she was going to tell him more about his really bizarre birth, you know. But he must have known he was 2,000 years old. Well, this was kind of the stuff that she was going to add more, like, info to, hopefully tell him more about. Well, because there was no paperwork from 2,000 years ago. Well, there's not a lot of paperwork from 2,000 years ago, Mark. There's a Bible. Well, that, yeah, but the actual paperwork isn't from... It's been reprinted many a time. It's not the original Bible that you not, hold in your hand. Is not really. like, Yeah, but that wasn't... Anyway, let's not you guys will have a Bible in your hand, Mark. I've had a... Uh, no, let's not go <clears throat> digging down that road. So, um, well, what's he do now, then? What's he going to do now? Well, he's kind of... He's hoping to kind of look into it and see if he can solve her murder. If you can maybe get an idea of the people that killed her in this cultish manner, then, you know, you might have another lead as to how he ended up being born from the womb of a jackal, which died after birth. I think he ate, he then, he he ate the jackal. He ate the jackal. He ate the jackal. Not just the jackal, it's it's jackally after birth. No, he just, I mean, the jackal died. He was a baby in a Carpathian mountain. 
How does he know all this? Well, because he's found out. He's found paperwork in the dungeon. <laughs> it's a, we're in a magical dungeon, Mark. It's a magical place. You never know what's going to turn up. He found stuff. Anyway, has the pub reopened yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they've just opened it. Yeah, they've Some gypsies found in there she a week ago. She wasn't found in the pub. A week ago. Oh, was she not? No, she was on like the field opposite. <laughs> wrapped in plastic. She'd been wrapped in plastic. She was wrapped in plastic with a badger's head sewn onto her with button entwine. Yeah, bailing twine. Yeah. twine. And goat's heads for feet. Yeah. And she'd had weird sigils chopped into her. Is it not like rag week at college or something? This is that's pretty extreme <laughs> for rag week. Is that still a thing? I don't know. That's a, that's feels like an old reference. That does Mark. feel like an old reference, doesn't it? It was still a thing when I was at college. Yeah. That, yeah, we're dating ourselves okay. there, Mark. Uh, should we get on with the food film? Yeah, what film are we talking about this week? <laughs> you want to say it, don't you? Well, yeah, okay, I don't mind. You can say it if you want. Uh, you say it. So this week, it's a pretty fairly recent film for us, actually. Mm. Uh, Vince Vaughn brawler movie, uh, Brawl in Cell Block 99. Now, my th- I From 2017. I hadn't seen this before. And when you it came up as a su- suggestion... I wasn't 100% sure what it was. And then I watched it and thought, oh, it's this film. Yeah. And you um, were wrong. It wasn't that film, was it? Hey, It was a completely different film by the end. Oh, um, sorry, I thought you were... Okay. So you had seen it before? No, I hadn't seen it. Oh, right, okay. Sorry. No, I hadn't seen it before. Sorry. I'm not even drunk yet, Mark. I know, confused getting... Me. Sorry. <laughs> it's difficult already. I forgot my train of so you, no, you said So you hadn't seen it before. Oh, yeah. And you... I had uh, preconceptions about it because it's got Vince Vaughn in it and I'm not the biggest Vince Vaughn va- fan. Vince Vaughn fan. Yeah, he's been in some awesome films. He was in Old School. This is this is clearly his best film. But he was in Old School. Was he school. in Old School? Yeah, Old School's brilliant. And is he, that not Will Ferrell? Yeah. What was I thinking of? Yeah, it is that one, yeah. Yeah, it's good. And he was in Jurassic Park 2. Yeah, doesn't he just like disappear halfway through the film? Yeah, he do, uh, yeah. I don't really remember what happens to him in it. He looks weirder then, doesn't he? He looks a lot. Does he look thinner? I don't he, know. He's, yeah, he looks more jangly. He put weight on for this film. Yeah, he's put a bit of muscle on. Um, yeah, should we just go through the cast quickly? Uh, okay. I'm oh, not yeah. sure we talk about the director. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, directed by. Uh, is it. Is Z. No, it's. Z, S. Craig Zahler, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry, I don't know why I have trouble with that. Um, and he was an author before. I didn't even think to write down any of the names of any of the books that he's actually written, but I think he's had a few... Oh, is he an author, like a proper book author? Yeah. Oh, yeah. scrap that. That's a stupid thing to say. A proper book author. Well, I knew what you meant. Yeah. Um, yeah, proper, you know, published writer of books. Yeah. <laughs> well, it could have been short stories in magazines, uh, I don't know. Is yeah. that still no, a thing? He, I, that's bad that I haven't got a list of novels that he's written. We could pause it and have a look on your phone. Yeah, um, we could. Betamax Dungeon. <laughs> right, he has written A Congregation of Jackals, Wraiths of the Broken Land, Corpus Chrome Incorporated, Mean Business on North Ganson Street, The Narrow Caves, Hug Chicken Penny. I can't even read that. What's that saying? Which one? Hug Chicken Penny. The panegyric of an anomalous child. The panegyric? Yeah, I don't know. The slanted gutter. Oh. Uh, yeah. He also had uh, Rust Belt crime novels. 
Yeah. Which um, is, this is this film we're talking about is a bit of a rust belt crime. Yeah, film. I, could, I guess you could put it in that crack category. It's um, it's real kind of. It, it came out in 2017, but it's. I mean, it it feels like a much older film, doesn't it? The style in the type of movie. It's kind of like an old-fashioned 70s grindhouse movie. Really. Yeah, I mean, some of the the, the, the cameras, over-the-shoulder camera, following him around, um, it reminds me of the 70s. Yeah. Lee Marvin-type films, Bruce... Well, it's not Bruce, is it? It's Burt Reynolds-type yeah, or, or Charles... Charles Bronson. Charles Bronson. And he's got the... He's got the... He's got the crucifix, well, the cross tattooed on the back of his head. He's got almost like a Celtic cross, doesn't he, on the yeah. back of his head. He's got a shaved head as well, which is kind of intriguing because to begin with, you're maybe unsure of... Yeah. But, uh, so... Yeah, you, you... But then they're quick to dispel you from that as well. They get you off that pretty quick. Well, he's a Nazi or Yeah, because yeah, yeah, he's, 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 he's clear to point that out. Yeah. So what? Uh, so should we? Do you want to do the cast quick, quickly? Yeah, we can do the do the cast. I mean, ba- I mean, basically, it's Vince. It's a Vince Vaughn movie. He's the, the big star here. He plays Black Bradley Thomas. He's cast against type, isn't he? Oh, very much so. But he, um, I mean, I think he's brilliant in this. And he put on. He he bulked up a bit, and I mean, he's a big bloke anyway. He's like six five. Well, six um, four. Those guys are having a conversation. About yeah, him, six four, six five. <laughs> um, he's a big bloke. In I mean. In this, he is he, he is quite an intimidating presence. Yeah, he's very um, stoic, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's pretty laconic, but he's to the point. He doesn't mince his words, and he he says what he means, and he says it pretty quickly. Yeah. A few words. Yeah. Um, so we're in. So uh, yeah, Vince Vaughn plays Bradley Thomas. Um, never Brad. Never Brad, is it? Uh, no, and he's always. If anyone does call him that, he always does. He says Bradley. Bradley. Um, his wife. What was his wife's name? She. She was played by Jennifer Carpenter. Don Johnson shows up as one of the wardens in the later prison. He yeah, plays, it's just a bit of a glorified cameo, really. Isn't it? Yeah, he plays Warden Tugs. Um, Udo. Ki- I knew you'd struggle with that. I always do. U- Udo Kier. U- Udo Kier. Yeah. I was, I was, I was going to say it. Then you go, Udo Kier. Yeah, because then I looked at it written down. And as soon as I looked at it written down... Well, how else do you look at it? I don't know. I don't, I, just, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he comes in, chews the scenery for about ten minutes. And he really chews the scenery, doesn't he? Well, the film really switches on his... Yeah, on his arrival. It, this is, I mean, in my mind, this is another one of those films... It's not quite as... Um, violent uh, switch around as from Dust Till Dawn but this is another movie where for the first half of it you kind of think you're watching a certain type of movie then you get to the halfway point and it does yeah it a, does become a, a slightly different a kind of movie um, so basically quick synopsis Bradley Thomas gets laid off from work yeah this is at this point you're still unsure of him because you meet him and he's, he's just driving around and, he, and um, he's He's driving back to where he works. Yeah. And his boss is stood outside. Yeah. And you think they've come outside to fire him. You know why they're there. They're going to fire him. Yeah. But are they worried about him kicking off? Well, they, 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 they've gone outside. Well, he's an intimidating bloke. And, um, yeah, I mean, as time... Uh, I mean, obviously, through the course of the film, you kind of realise he's not a bloke 
to mess about with. Yeah. But what you also learn through the course of the film is that he's an honourable bloke. Yeah, and, he doesn't. Um, you, it, when he does lose his job, I mean, he's disappointed, and again, he, he's very. Uh, he's straight to it and he don't want any bullshit it's like look if you're going to lay me off get on with it kind of thing yeah um, and it's also kind of key it's keen to let you know early on there as well that he's although he might look like he could be a Nazi skinhead he's not because the black mechanic it's sad to see him go, isn't yeah. it? And he makes a point of saying oh well you know it was nice sort of working with you well he's, he's, he says um, you know if something else comes up we'll, we'll call you well, I'll make sure he calls you first. Yeah. So his boss isn't... You think, oh, maybe he's fighting... But it's because the business is struggling. Yeah. It's not because yeah. of anything he's done. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's more just economic problems. And uh, so obviously he's having a bad day. He drives home. Oh. He's having a bad day. Yeah. It's about to get worse. Oh, yeah. How does it get worse, Mark? I don't really want to talk about it. No. <laughs> and he's contemplating his life sat in his car. And he sees his... Is it his wife at this point? Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. He sees his wife sat in her car. On the phone, is she? Yeah. He's watching her for a bit. And she's touching her hair and... It's just her body language. It's just her body language. How she's talking. So, he goes stomping over there. Gently taps on the window. And you think he's going to go. Because you're still quite, not quite sure about him at this point. Yeah. yeah. You think, oh my God, he's going to... You know what's going on. He says, yeah. give us the phone. She yeah. says, oh, I can't find it. And he just shakes it out of the bag. Mm. She admits to seeing somebody. He says, go in the house. Yeah. Then he proceeds to uh, literally tear a car apart. And I mean, <laughs> this is what really draws you in for yeah. that first half. I mean, he really tears the... Barehanded as well. Yeah, I mean, he smashes the shit out of that car. He pulls the bonnet off, which yeah. I've never seen done apart from a superhero. Yeah, yeah. You can't just pull a bonnet off. That was maybe a little bit of a stretch too far, but then, you know, the punching off of the wing mirrors, and then he puts his fist through one of the headlights. Yeah, and pulls, pulls out all the bloody wiring yeah. and everything. Um, but in a way, this is all brilliant sort of character development because through the course of it, you come to understand that he would never hurt her. Yeah. You know, and he he is a violent man, oh, but he yeah. wouldn't, I don't think there was any question that he would ever hurt no, her. No, I think maybe he was blowing steam off. Yeah. Because he was angry. Oh, yeah. You know, he had a terrible day. Yeah, who wouldn't be? Yeah. You know, yeah. and I mean, in, I mean, she, he goes inside then, doesn't he? And he's, again, he's very forthright and he kind of, he kind of says to her, like, let's talk, sit, how long? Yeah. And um, I've, he's very... He's very... Uh, Pragmatic? Yeah, and he's very, he's very blokey about it. I, I mean, he, he's a very... You can tell he's quite a hard chap. Yeah. But he's still kind of... In that conversation, although he kind of seems really old-fashioned, he's still kind of trying to do right. Because he, when he's even saying to her, like, um, at the end, he's saying, will you, will, will you abide? You know, it's almost like if she says, well, no, then he'd say, okay, then I'm going. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of... Well, they have a conversation about how long it's going on and it, it comes out that they've been... They were trying for a baby and it, she lost a baby yeah. when she was pregnant and... They got... They came a bit distant. Yeah. Drifted away. He was working hard and she'd assumed that he'd been having an affair because yeah. he'd been working out 
late at night and he hadn't been. He'd just been working because he's paying um, shit so he was working longer. But they, I mean, in a way, it's quite a nice... I mean, they don't... N- neither of them waste any time, do they? They're just honest with one another. Um, yeah, if only real life was like that. Well, sometimes it can be, but you kind of get the impression that they hadn't been talking for a long, long time. Yeah. And it was only really after he destroys her car with his bare hands that he's actually got to a point where he can go and say, sit down, let's let's talk. Yeah. You know? Um, and he tells that sort of story, Denny, about how he always goes for coffee in the morning and he always reaches for... There's three, three choices. There's yeah. cream, there's skim milk, and there's like the, I don't know. The grey one or something. Was gonna, yeah, yeah, just some kind of vegan substitute or whatever, I don't know. Um, and he always gets a semi, semi-skimmed? Well, he never gets the cream. He never gets the one he wants. What, you know, and he even says, like, percentage-wise, you know, I should be getting it, like, at least every now and then. Yeah. You know, but I never get the cream. Yeah. Then not um, he, he, he say, um, like, maybe... In a while, I'll get like fifty creams on the trot or something. Yeah, just to even it up. Just to but even it, 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 it doesn't, doesn't happen. Even that doesn't happen. Um, but they, I mean, basically, he, he basically says to her that he's going to go to a life of crime. Yeah. And uh, he also mentioned he also asks her if she's fallen off the wagon. Yeah, so she's been. So they were both drinking. Yeah, that. so they were both kind of alcoholics at some time. Which kind of maybe gives you an idea of if you know. I mean, he's a violent man, so if he was a drinker, he may have been a lot different to kind of how he was. Yeah. Now, Um, but they basically uh, they basically come to a consensus, and then it flashes forward to is it eighteen months? Eighteen months. Yeah. Now I had a few issues here. Okay. I've got to be honest. Because he was listening to the same song in the car driving around. Well, no, it was just in eighteen months. He said to her. I work for Gil, the it's drug dealer pal. Yeah. And he said, I promise I'll get out of it when we're straight. Did he not say that or something along them lines? Well, yeah, when we're, yeah. And, uh, you know, they've they've moved house. <coughs> oh, they're in a much nicer... They're in a much nicer house. He's yeah. driving around, there's two cars on the drive. He's driving around in a... Pontiac or something, isn't he? Yeah, it's, it's the same car. I think it is the same car. It's the same car as Walter White brought his son. Oh, okay. But isn't that the same car that he's got at the start? No. Is he not in that? No, no, okay. no. No, no, no. This, that, I didn't really notice the car. The first car he's driving is like, uh, it's a bit like Kit. Oh, from, oh, from oh like yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a bluey colour. Yeah, it? but blue. And this one is a black, I'm sure it's a, another Pontiac. But he, maybe every week of those 18 months he was going out and beating the shit out of his car what he's maybe just had a thing for beating cars up (laughs) why would that get him a new car well he he keeps beating up the old ones so he's like I'm going to get I have to get a new car I don't know I'm just talking shit Um, it it looked to me like he'd reached the point where he could get out of that life for at least for a little I see what you're saying yeah I understand it was a big jump from when they were on the bones of their arse living in that scratchy little house. Well, it wasn't that. It was still quite well, it was, nice. It, was a, it wasn't. It was a, in a rough neighbourhood. There was bins oh, I don't know. I did. Did you not pay attention to the film? I did pay yeah, attention. It was, it was in a but... rough area. There was the, the rubbish bins all over the floor. It, well, the only rough thing about it was the guy beating the shit out of his car on his driveway. Was, other than that, it seemed... It was, 
Rubbish everywhere. It wasn't a very nice neighbourhood. Maybe it was nice. a bank holiday weekend. Oh. And it was just, it, you know how it builds up? I, yeah, all right. I get that. They, he'd, because he'd gone to the life of crime, his life had improved. I think most of that was to really show you that him and his wife were happy. I mean, she's pregnant now. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that element of like, yeah, we're making money. We got a kid on the way. That's why I just stay in a little yeah. bit longer. Um, so I know what you're saying. They did. They were looking pretty comfortable. Um, any so anyway, yeah. So I think that, like I said, I think that is really just to kind of present them as a harmonious couple. Yeah. Uh, you know, eighteen months later, and, and they're, they're very, they're so happy. They're very much. They're in very love. very happy. Oh yeah, and he. I mean, I, 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 I'd be interested to see how you feel about it because attitudes are different, and the way men are supposed to be nowadays is a lot different. And as we said earlier, this film is very old-fashioned. He is presented as a very old-fashioned man. But when he gets home and his pregnant wife is using a knife... Yeah. And he's like, what are you doing with that knife? Come on. What if something happened and I weren't here? Yeah, I I had to rewind that bit and listen to it again because I thought there was a connotation of something else there, but there wasn't. No, I think he was just literally just being worried and being like, don't... I don't want you around anything that you might hurt yourself with. I know it's a, no, that's just that's bizarre. I don't know. I don't know. I just think he wor- he was legitimately just worried about her. If he's that worried about her cooking tea, he was. I think as well. It was. He's got like a dry sense of humour as well. So I think there was all. Yeah, there was almost a bit of leg pulling going on. Yeah. Um, but he was just. He is just kind of an old fashioned bloke, and I mean, when him and. What, 18 months previously, when him and his wife make up, and she sort of go, you know, and they kind of agree, okay, you know, I know you've had the affair, we'll, we'll move on, you know. Um, and she goes to hug him, he and, he, and he just says, yeah, give me some time before you... But, I mean, I kind of get that as well, yeah, and yeah, I don't definitely. even think that was any implication that he was going to hurt her. It was just that, like, he was still hurt himself. So yeah. it's just like, don't, just don't, not, Yeah. I get that. I get that about the bloke. Um, so, so we see him eighteen months later. He's a drug dealer. He's like a traffic. He's, he's a like courier. A, yeah, he's like a mule. Yeah. So they call him now a mule. Yeah. And uh, he's pretty good at it. Obviously, uh, they're living in a, a pretty affluent area. What was the deal with the um, camouflage thing over the car? Uh, oh yeah. Was that the was that the car he was driving in yeah. his switch cars? Well, no, he pulled up to his house. Yeah, you thought he was out in the country somewhere, didn't you? Yeah. Because he pulled up under a tree, he got out, he changed the plates on his car. Yeah. And then he got a, a some netting out, some camouflage netting, put it over the car, and then went in the house. Did he walk in? Yeah. I can't really remember that bit. That just seemed like a maybe it's just a drug mule car. Well, yeah, I'll, yeah, well, yeah, I guess, but you wouldn't park it at your house, would you? I don't know, I thought it was a... Was it, I, was, I kind of thought that was out in the middle of nowhere and then he got in another car and drove off. I can't really... Yeah, I can't really remember. No, we'll have to watch that a bit it's, in, it's, it's... Yeah, it's, this is... But I mean... At this point, it's this point in the film where you know the wheel's going to come off. But it's it's real slow as well at this point to point out, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's, I mean it's not... It's not... And it's not that it isn't entertaining you, but it is just kind of slow. Well, no, at this at this point, like you said earlier, at this point, it's a it's a 
the beginnings of a crime drama about one guy. Yeah. And um, you know the wheels are going to go off because yeah. he's happy, the sun's shining, yeah. he's got a nice big eyes, got a lovely car, his missus is pregnant, she, they're really happy and kissing and cuddly. On the bed, and then he gets a phone call. Yeah, he's he got like, a phone hey, call. Hey, I, I, I got a job for you, kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah, so he goes in. I go to see Gil. <coughs> and that's another point in the film where it, uh, him and Gil have a conversation. In the, f- the film, again, kind of lets you know that he had, he's, this isn't a racist yeah. bloke. Um, it's, kind, it's only kind of like a throwaway thing, isn't it? But yeah. it lets you know that... Um, he, and I mean, he's a southerner, yeah. isn't he? He's a southerner with a shaved head in a a cross tattooed on the back of his head yeah. it'd be very easy to judge him by his appearance yeah but they but, do make the point of yeah but by this point in the film you're kind of you already know he's a pretty solid guy I think mm. by this point um, and even within the criminal world he's professional and he's not he, he's respected yeah he's good at what he does so uh, Gil uh, introduces him to are they from Mexico Yes. Or is it South America? I South America. Is it gen- generic South America? Yeah, some kind of, yeah, South American bad guys show up. And uh, they're supposed to do a drop-off? Well, Bradley's instantly a bit unsure about him because he thinks one of them is using. Yeah. And he uh, kind of says, I don't really want to go with this guy. And Gil sweetens the deal, doesn't he? Gil kind of basically says, well, I'll pay you more. He says, I'll give you three months off. Yeah, when the baby's born. Yeah, like it's a like it's a proper job. Well, I guess it is. Yeah. Um, Get some paternity. Yeah. That's nice that there's a care plan in, yeah. within the within world the... of criminal organized crime. Yes, I mean it's basically if Gil doesn't this guy this Mexican just basically bit of muscle doesn't go. Then the deal's off, I think, isn't it? Yeah, basically, it's, yeah, it's that kind of, you know, crime movie shenanigans. So, yeah. so basically, uh, he ends up having to do the job with people he doesn't trust. What is the job? Well, they're just going and picking drugs up off a boat, from what I can make. Well, they go out on Gil's boat. Um, they find a chest under the water. Water. They got GPS. They got GPS. Yeah. So they. So something that's been dropped off. Something that's been dropped off. They go and pick it up. Take the bags out. Three big bags of I would assume meth. Is it? Oh, cocaine. I was thinking cocaine. I thought it was. I thought there was a lot of talk about meth in the film. Oh yeah. He does. Don't he say later on? uh, He's pretty honest when someone asks him what he's in there for, and he says meth and heroin, a little cocaine. So, yeah. yeah, so yeah. We're, yeah. Well, it's some um, narcotics. Yeah. Now, fun stuff. I got a little bit, a little bit confused okay. when they got off the boat. Right. Well, there's three of them. Yeah. There's Bradley, and it's, they've each got, each got a bag. Yeah. Of narcotics. Yeah. Um, I, I loved how you said narcotics. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what is it? Yeah, what are you saying? Oh, well, I don't know. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Sorry, yeah, no, that's just a really weird way of saying narcotics. Narcotics. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they got off the boat. They've each got a bag. They've each got a bag. Yeah. Now, 
then what happened? Because Bradley gets a smack in the mouth. Well, don't they? Don't they first of all reveal that they're packing more weaponry because he takes a gun off of one of them? Early yeah, on. he takes he's a really gun jumpy. off. He's really jumpy. Yeah, yeah. And he takes a gun off him and chucks it in the water. And then when they've got the drugs, they reveal that one of them's got a shotgun. Yeah, and it's like you ain't taking this off me, buddy. And it's like okay, it's like, but it's, out of nowhere, it's like well, they've done the job. It's yeah, sorted. But then they've but then they got the drugs. They're walking down the J. There are sirens, and uh, Bradley just gets the sense that something ain't right, and he says, right, let's ditch it. Yeah. We'll come back and get it later. The other two guys disagree. They run off with the bags, their guns out. Yeah. They end up getting into a shootout with the police. Bradley yeah. could have kind of got away. Well, yeah, yeah, he walks back up the jetty. Yeah. And then he kind of shrugs and goes, now, who is he trying to protect? The cops? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he goes back and he basically goes back and kills the two guys that he was with. He doesn't kill the two guys. Yeah, I think he does. No, he doesn't. He kills what? one guy. Okay, the cops kill the other guy. Because the other guy turns up later. No, both guys are there. What do you mean the other guy turns the up The old, the big guy turns up later in the film. I don't know that he does. He does. I think he shoots him in the head. No, the big guy Yeah. turns up later. Because he's with... When we get the the new mall. Oh, I totally missed that. I wasn't sure that. That's that the same was, guy. Are you sure? Yeah, because he tells him because he's the one who tells him what happened to the little guy. What happened to the little guy? He shot him in the head. Oh, that's the guy that he shot. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the cop shot the big guy. Yeah. And he survived. Yeah. And then Bradley turns up, helps the cops, and shoots the other guy. Yeah. In the head. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I I missed out on that entirely, Mark. And I've seen it more times than you. I only watched it once. Yeah, no, I didn't pick but up. I don't that, understand why you went back. He could have just. Well, because because as it's like we've already noted, the guy's got principles, you know. And I think he felt bad. I mean, they were killing cops. I mean, all right, not forget about that cop shit. They were killing people, and they didn't need to. If they just listened to him, yeah, no one would have needed to get hurt. So not only did they jeopardize the deal, but then they end up killing people. And it's like, if you'd have just done what he told you to do, none of that would have happened. So I think there was a bit of him that was like, kind of, yeah, no, fuck you, I'm going to come and shoot you in the head. You're an idiot. Sorry, that's a swear. No, I mean, it's... But if you're a hardened criminal, as hard as he is, but you, then you've got to have that... But he got a code. He had a code. I mean, I don't... I mean, he does try... He does kind of... Because he gets in the water, doesn't he? Yeah. So he is kind of thinking like, yeah, sod it. I'm, while the the gunfight is going on, I'm going to get away. But then I think he just he's annoyed because they didn't listen to him. And if they had a done, yeah, no, not no. only would they have got the drugs, no one would have got killed. And I mean, some criminals, Mister White in Reservoir Dog, dogs, <laughs> sorry, dog. plural. Um, he was a criminal with a code. That guy had a code. He wouldn't have... I mean, yeah, he'll kill a cop, but yeah. not just... He'll try to avoid it. He didn't want to kill anyone. Mm. If you're stood in a doorway that he wants to get through, one way or another, he's going through that door, but... <laughs> yeah, how does he get caught again? Well, that I, I think that is it, isn't it? Because he goes out and kills the other guy that he was with. Yeah. Then they end up, he's surrounded by the police, isn't he? And he sees his attorney and he won't give anyone up. No. 
which is he again he's gonna, he never... thinks he's going to get three or four years doesn't yeah he? he ends up was it seven to eight seven to eight yeah um, and there was no leniency for him saving the cops as well yeah which seems it seems it seemed a bit harsh yeah a little bit well he even, he even says about uh, paedophiles and rapists didn't he getting, yeah, less, yeah. getting less time than drug traffickers yeah. yeah and you think um, there is yeah there is truth to what you said and yeah he although he was doing a bad thing he did a he did a good thing he helped he yeah helped, I mean yeah seven years was a bit harsh it's a complicated situation that isn't it it's interesting yeah you know well then he goes to then he goes to Sing Sing was it called The Fridge? Another dated bloody reference. Yeah, I think it is called The Fridge. It's the... Sing Sing. Sing Sing. Well, yeah. I don't, that's a, yeah. Does a bit of porridge. He does a bit of porridge. Does a bit of bird. <laughs> and he's he's getting on all right now. He's, he has a tough time getting in there. Because one of the... Uh, well, doesn't have the, the black guy try and recruit him into the boxing programme? When he's in the prison, he's a the, he's a little bit. I didn't even write that actor's name down. The main prison guard that you're on about. Mm. Um, he's a, he's still a bit of an asshole to him. Any, I think he is trying to. Uh, he's trying to wind him up, but he, I think he's in a more of a fun or not a fun way. But I think he's he just, apo- didn't he apologise to him later? I know, which is really bad because yeah. when he because then it's too late for him. Yeah. Really, because he's because Bradley then does have a reason to take him apart. Yeah, but he does. It's not because of the whatever the whatever. The, no, 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 no. Um, but for for the audience, like earlier on when he first meets that guard and yeah. you hate him, you're like, yeah. oh, this guard's this guard's not being very nice. And he gets him up in the middle of the night, doesn't he? And then moans because he wouldn't out by his cell door immediately. Yeah. It was a bit harsh. It was like his first night. Any of those times, if he'd have went for him, yeah, he'd have been all right. But the, they structure it so that when, unfortunately, he does have to go for him, he's actually tr- kind of trying to be nice. Yeah. But it's too little, too late. Too little, too late. Um, so, I mean, we should say, really, he gets into prison and he's just expecting to do his time, get out, Stay out of trouble, do his time, get out and see his wife and unborn child. Yes. That's all he cares about. And he's been stitched up by the system a little bit, in spite of all his good actions. Yeah. Um, that in some ways redeem him. He's still got quite a lengthy stretch. Um, then he gets a visitor. Can you talk about the visitor? He gets called to the, inf- called to the doctor's office. That's it. And... Uh... He has a quite a nice conversation with the doctor there. She informs him that his his wife's doctor is visiting him, visiting him the next day at ten o'clock. Yeah, it's all a bit strange, isn't it? And he's clearly... well, we've we've already seen a scene of her. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we should mention in that she's. It reminded me a bit of Kill List that her being on the, in like unknown attackers coming at her. Yeah, she keeps getting shot with. Uh... Well, she's in, she's in bed. She hears a kerfuffle downstairs. She has a... Broke, like a window breaking or yeah, something. Yeah, there's, there's a, something that's going on outside or or whatever. And then she she pulls pulls her protection gun out from under... She's pretty handy as well. Yeah. She doesn't, you know, she doesn't... And um, the window breaks and she gets hit in the face. And you're like, fucking hell, they've just... 
You're literally like, shit, they've just shot her in the face. But it's with a, a dart. She's dart gun. Dart gun. And then she gets shot again. A fucking dart in your neck. <laughs> Sorry, that was an old school. <laughs> and then, of course, the next day, Bradley gets informed that his, uh, his, doctors, his wife's doctor's coming to see him tomorrow at 10 o'clock. So he's, he's obviously a bit nervous and a bit, well, what's going on with my pregnant wife type of thing. And when this doctor arrives the next day... It's literally the worst person you would ever really... If you were in prison... Yeah. And a mysterious guest had come to see you, and you walked down and it was Udo Kia... Yeah. You'd be like, oh... F-. And he's like, you're not my wife's doctor, who are you? And he has a conversation with this guy, and he's not that, he's not... It don't go well, does no, it? No, it doesn't go well. Do, is he credited with a name in the credits, Udo Kier? He is the placid man in the credits. The placid man. Yeah. He is pretty placid, but thoroughly evil. Oh, it's Udo Kier doing great Udo Kier. Creepy, evil Euro trash. Slightly effeminate Euro trash, <laughs> yeah. That, that wouldn't be wrong, would it? Well, I don't know about that, but yeah, all right. Uh, yeah, he's nasty. <laughs> So, what does he lay out to him? He lays... uh, Sorry, Matt, this is where I'll just say, Udo Kier turns up at uh, the one minute... One... Sorry, one hour and four minute mark. It's pretty much halfway through the film. Yeah. And up until this point, it's been pretty grounded. Um, There's been a bit of violence, a bit... You know, there's been enough to draw you in, but nothing really shocking. Nothing that you wouldn't see on a Saturday afternoon all the time. Yeah. Um, Udo Kier turns up and he basically lays out he lays the situation. Out the thing is, he owes the Mexican drug dealer $23 million for the deal going wrong and the loss of his men. The placid man has kidnapped his wife and has a doctor, abortionist, ready to not abort the baby, but to... Cut the limbs off the baby in utero. Is that right? In utero. In utero. Utero. He's yeah. a proper evil abortionist. Yeah. Well, he's basically going to chop the baby's arms, arms and legs off if Bradley doesn't get himself into another prison, which is what's it called? Red. Redleaf. Redleaf prison, which is a maximum security. Maximum security, and he needs to get himself on cell block ninety nine, which is the prison within, within a the prison. prison. And kill, what's the guy's name he's got to kill? Is it Christopher Cross? It's some weird name, isn't it? Yeah, which is immaterial, as it turns yeah. out. But um, yeah, and he's got to get himself in there as soon as he can and kill this guy. And this is kind of where the film really... Oh, it flipped on a... Sickness. Yeah, it kind of goes much more into our kind of territory, where it's much more of like an exploitation... Um, I mean, it turns into like a retro splatter action movie, yeah. really. He doesn't even make it back to his cell, does he, before he... He's got, basically, the, the, the prison he's in is pretty laid back by all accounts. Yeah. I think that's the point, and he, when he's walking back to his cell, the guy, that black guy apologises to that's him. When the, that's when the guard starts actually showing a different side to him. Yeah, because it's just breaking your balls type thing. Well, earlier on, he was hassling him about boxing, because Bradley was a big chap. He's saying, oh, have you ever boxed? And Bradley says, "No, no, I'm not interested. I don't. I don't see the point in hurting anyone for no reason." Yeah. Suddenly, Bradley has got a reason. You know, he needs to get into this prison. The only way he's going to get there is by causing some trouble, and that's a nice, uh, a clever 
way, thing that the thing the film has done there that it sets that warden up as a bully and you don't like him and Bradley is just taking it. Then Bradley ha- has a completely different change of situation. His entire life, everything he cares about is suddenly on the line. Yeah. And the only way he's going to get out of it is by doing what they've asked. So when he comes back out in the wa- the guard is genuinely he's seeming, really nice to him. Yeah. Yeah, and he's saying, you know, I'm sorry, I was busting your balls about boxing. You know, I just want to run a program. I'm just trying to get you interested. Uh, and they basically end up throwing down. Yeah, big time. And it's a proper old-fashioned fight, as well, oh, isn't it? Oh, it's proper fisticuffs. Yeah, yeah. Every, every, there's, they block blows. Yeah. And how many times in films do you actually ever see a, one chap block a blow? Yeah, no. So the, the fight scenes, the way the first one set up, because they, they both know. Because you was he a boxer as well? Bradley. Yeah, I think I, he was a boxer <sighs> before. I don't know. You kind of get the. Inf- I don't know. You, you can tell of- by you can tell by his stance. He was a boxer. Well, he knows how to look after yeah. himself. You, there's no. And doubt the other guy's boxer, and they're putting the, they're, they're putting on the Queensby rules, and it's a fair old dust up they have. And it, the black, to be fair, the black guy holds his own for a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. He um, has got a baton. He does whack him with his baton a couple of yeah, times. I mean, this is where he goes into Terminator mode because <laughs> he takes some he takes some licks off of this guy and gets hit with a baton and just walks through it. And like, oh my god! And he ends up breaking his arm. Hang on, you're underselling that. He really breaks. Oh no, the it's gun. a I compound mean, fracture. And that is, I mean, that is that hap- that moment happens at the one hour nine minute mark, right? And then you're in a different film, then, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, everything you've seen up to then is seemed kind of realistic. Yeah, and it just makes this the violence here. It it really, I mean. It is shocking, isn't it? I've seen it a few times, and that arm break still gets you. Yeah. Because it comes out of nowhere. But you suddenly realise, this guy ain't pissing around now. His no. kid is on the line. You know, he's as much as we've come to like him, and as much as we know he's an honourable guy, now we're going to see how this guy is dangerous. Mm. Um, I, what, I, uh, what I'll also quickly point out is... Um, there's kind of a similarity to like Dante's Inferno, like the Divine Comedy. Um, the, what the ninth layer of hell? Or well, it's the ninth circle of hell. I mean, here, here, the place he's got to get to is Cell Block Ninety Nine, which is basically the inner circle. Well, if of you're hell. going there, you ain't coming out. You ain't, yeah, you ain't coming out of there. Um, and same with Dante. You know, the more he went into hell, it was all to save his wife. The further he went, he, the less he, you know he's never going to get out. He's right. never going to get out. Um, so there is that kind of, there is a kind of a comparison, possible comparison to um, to Dante. So okay, so uh, so the fight. He breaks his arm. He breaks his arm. Does he apologise to him? Yeah, I mean, he, can't, he, he does take the mick out of him a bit as well. Don't the other when the other guards turn up? Don't one of the guards say? Oh, don't worry, you'll be up soon as no time. And Bradley says, Oh, I'd recommend using your right arm <laughs> or something like that. I can't yeah. quite remember the line. But he, I mean, you don't want to do it. You don't want to. But then he has another go at the. There's three guards taking him, taking him to lockdown. Yeah, he, he starts. And after, then, he's so. having a conversation with them. Yeah. And then he just does it again. Yeah. He just batters another one. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the, what's really interesting to it is uh, that a lot of that prison violence does just seem to be, 
you know, like you hear talk of like guards saying like, well, one minute I was just walking him down the corridor and we were fine. Yeah. And then just like that, he went for me. Yeah. And this kind of film, give you have a reason why he, and I mean, to the guards, to the prison system, yeah. he's just a psycho. It's just like, what are we going to do with this guy? He just, I don't, I, when he arrived, he was fine. He was calm. He got shown around the place mm. and then just out of the blue. You would kind of think that they would. Well, maybe... they even they even stick the um, in the first prison he goes in. They they even stick the wise old prison guy with them, like a Morgan Freeman type. Yeah, guy. the old kind, the you guy think, that oh, normally gonna... pushes the book cart yeah, around. <laughs> you think, oh, he's going to have quite a big part in this film? No, no, no. He's out of there. He's out of there. Uh, he gets taken straight to the Red Leaf. Is it Red Leaf? It is Red Leaf. Straight to Red Leaf, and uh, Don Johnson. Is the warden, Warden Tugs. He gives him the old breaking my balls speech. And you kind of, uh, you'd have to say, Don Johnson probably isn't that tall. Eh? No, he doesn't look that tall. No, yeah, no, not tall. tall. (coughs) But then Vince Vaughn is six foot four. Yeah, but he, uh, yeah, but I I think Don Johnson's probably about my height. Let's have a look. Okay. I would say he's maybe a or two. How tall is Don Johnson? Right, we're at Don Johnson's height for some reason. I can't remember why. Because he's the warden. How old did you... How how old is it? How tall... I would put him about 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, he's 5'11". Really? Yeah. He's one inch taller than... I don't believe that. I don't believe well, that. you can have a go at the internet. Well, you oh, don't believe oh, it. Oh, yeah, because the internet never lies, Mark. No, not probably not about people's height. It could, well, of course it lies about people's height. You don't think you actors mean, lie why about ask, their height? Why, why ask me then? Well, uh, no, I don't get me wrong. I just, I. What do you mean you don't believe it? I find that hard to believe. Why? Because you see him stood next to Vince Vaughn, and he doesn't. Yeah, look. Vince Vaughn's like six inches. Five so what are you saying? He's five eleven. Five eleven, which is two inches shorter than me. Yeah, pretty. He's a pretty tall guy. Mike yeah, Tyson. Same, same height as Mike Tyson. He's five eleven. Yeah. Three inches taller than me. Yeah. Oh, well, you're a tiny little fella. Well, I'm not though. Yeah, you are. I'm not. I'm not that. I'm not really. Yeah, below average. Yeah, bottom end of average. You are. Well, yeah, but that. I mean, there are there are a lot of people smaller than me. Yeah, women, children. <laughs> yeah, I. The one. The one thing I'm really glad about is that I do not have a problem about my height. Mark. No, clearly. I'm so glad because otherwise. I can't do anything about it. There's nothing I can do about it. I know. You know? I know. Anything else you're unhappy about, you can diet, you can do this, you can take steroids, you can, you know. You get lifts, other, you other than, get lifts in your shoes. Other than your size of your willy and your height, there's nothing you can do about it. You I feel sorry for people. You've got to feel sorry for people You can like do something about the size of your willy. What can you do about that? Have you ever read a main porn mag? Hang on. <laughs> Aren't they the same as like the X-ray specs that you can buy out the back of a bloody comic book, Mark? Yeah, take these three, but you can add three inches to you. It's always popping up in my <laughs> Mark. If you cut the circulation off at the bottom oh. of your penis, yeah, it will swell up. Can you get operations? Oh, not, come on, what for height? No, for your penis. I mean, penis is fine. Is it? Yeah. Is it in proportion? No, I would say it's over over proportioned. It's like Javier Bardem's head. <laughs> it's, just, it's massive on a 
small body. Like a mushroom? No, not like a mushroom. What do you, what do you mean? Javier Bardem's head. Javier Bardem's got a small body with just an unusually massively proportioned head. Has he? Yeah. If you met him... Have you met him? No. Why do you know then? I just do. I can tell. <laughs> if, you, if you met him, you, you would be staring at him because you'd be thinking his head is really big for his body. Right, so if we saw you with your pants down, we would be staring at it going... That, that is enormous for such a man of diminished stature. Okay. Can we stop talking about Willie's and Heightney? Yeah. Don Johnson. It's a state of mind, Mark, anyway. Inside, I'm a mountain, all right? I'm a big, expansive mounting of a man, all right? Anyway. I'm glad you got that out of your system. Well, you well, started I feel like it. I, I had to provide some pushback. Well, you started it. It's, it's turned into like a David and Goliath thing. And David, David, I was, you know, you know how that turns out. Yeah, it's like a one in twenty chance. No, no. It's the right. It's, let's stop talking about height. You were talking about. You height. started it. I did. I was on about Don Johnson. He just seemed smaller. I think, I think it's the way where it's shot. Yeah, yeah. It's that perspective thing. You know. And Vince Vaughn is really big. He is I mean, a really he is big really guy, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jamie and Fortune's Beta Max done. So he ends up in Redleaf. He doesn't quite go. He doesn't go straight into. To, oh, Redleaf's rough though, isn't it? When he arrives, he's really humiliated. Then they give him a cavity search out in the car park. Yeah, that that'd be it for me, Mark. I, I'd want to go home. Yeah, but you can't. You don't want to go home. I would. That would be the point of my prison stay, where I'd be like, "Yeah, no, that's it. I'm go. I'm going home." Yeah, now. What do you mean? I'm going home now. That's the point where I'd want to go home. If it, what? Not even. I'd want to go home before, but getting a cavity search in the car park would be. We'll get a cavity search. Full stop. And don't they give him some really itchy clothes to wear? Oh, they make him strip off, don't they? Yeah, they make him strip off. He's got problems with his feet. Yeah, but they gave him small shoes in the previous prison, didn't they? Well, serves him right for being so freakishly large. Six foot five. All right, let's move away from the height now. Serves him right. A good old size nine, Mark. Nothing wrong with that. Size nine? Yeah, that's that's average. What size are yours? Tiny feet. Ten. Sorry, what? Ten. Ten? Yeah. How tall are you? Six. One. You're six one, yeah. and you've got size ten feet. Mm. So they're really under proportion for your size. No, they're not. They are. No, they're not. They're just one. They're one more than me. Well, you got freakishly big feet for such a short guy. And you know what? You're flapping around like a fucking duck. Well, I. <laughs> I've got and a smile. Mark, I've got a smile on my face got, now. They've got I... notoriously tiny penises. Anyway, let's get back to this film. Okay, small feet, big body. <laughs> Whatever you take as a win, Jamie. I will you... take that as a win. Yeah. Okay. Lost a train of thought now, haven't you? No, no. I'm just. You must be tripping up all the time. What on the penis? No, on your tiny feet. <laughs> Tiny feet. I I've got bigger feet than you. By one. Yeah. By one. Yeah. And I'm a midget. You're not a midget. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. I'm about average, aren't I? Well, you're the end of average. <laughs> I'm, I'm Can we stop a... talking about fucking height? For okay. Sake. All right. So he's in Redcliffe Prison. Yeah. Don Johnson is there. It's a horrible place. He's put in a cell. In like the toilet is oh, all backed God. up. 
and he can't eat in there. He's got a wrap like a bandana around his face. Which is shirt and his his undershirt. Yeah, um, it's just it's horrible. He go, he gets a chance to go into the yard. Yeah, unless some unless some ne'er do wells in there. By the gym equipment. Well, it is a prison. <laughs> but again, he meets another guy. He goes, "Hey, mate, how you doing?" Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that guy doesn't seem. Yeah, he's a bit. Ooh. Yeah, and he's. There's, is there three guys over by the, the weights? Yeah, and he just goes straight over and. He knows this. He knows this is gonna kick off. You know what? Well, he wants it to kick off because he's got to get in cell block ninety nine. Yeah, but he, but then having block. said that, he didn't really do anything. They kick off with him. Well, he goes over. He goes. I want to go on the gym, didn't he? Yeah. But it's, Wait, it's, it's can prison, I get his turn? It's prison etiquette, isn't it? You just don't do that. What uh, What is the prison etiquette? On well, that? if if somebody says that's their fucking gym, you don't go over there and do it. You don't just wander over and go, "Come on, go." Seems harsh in prison. Well, but, well, it's not holiday right, camp. I'll give you a scenario. Mark. Okay. You tell me how you react. Okay? Right. Uh, so you're it's your first day in prison. Yeah. Right. And you you've got your metal tray. With your food, you know, it's like that, like a, it's like a metal, it's like a TV dinner. Yeah, it's almost like a baking tray, isn't it? With like little divots in, yeah. They put each portion of your food. So you've got your tray, you've gone and sat down, and as as you've started to eat your really runny mashed potatoes, yeah, some really big guy says like I don't know six foot eight, right. Really built like a yeah. Back to know. height again. Let's get. On he's a big the... guy. Yeah, he's right. a big. Yeah, I'm yeah, just saying he's bigger than you, man. That's right. what I'm getting. At. He comes over and he eats some of your food. Yeah. What do you do? Let him eat me food. I don't care. I'm not doing nothing on the first day. Ma, ma, that's the that's that's a that's a rookie mistake, man. Is it? Yeah. You'd let him eat your food. Well, and what they, happens the next day? They, they'll, they'll bum you in the showers the next they're day. They're going to bum you in the showers anyway. Not if they would if you let people do that. I don't know. Well, yeah, well, maybe you do kick what off. What you need to do is you <coughs> you literally have to kick off. You pick your tray up and you smash it over his face. And then he'll probably almost kill you. Yeah. But everyone will know you don't fuck with that guy. If you try and eat his food, he will he will fight you. What and if a lot of the sea fight and then everybody's going to want to fuck you in the mouth. What? What if he fucking knocks all your teeth out and then everyone's going to want to... My gums can still clamp <laughs> pretty tightly, mate. I'd still fucking nobble off whatever was You'd nobble in. off? Well, I'd try. I wouldn't recommend it. What did they do it. with Shawshank? They put a nail in his ear, didn't they? So he didn't do anything. They put a spike in his ear. Well, no, he doesn't. He says, if you ever... Whatever you do, my jaw will clamp down. Yeah, but they let him go that time. I don't think they ever do do no, that. Of course they do. I don't think they do in the film. No, sometimes they do. No, it says... No, it's, he, it's, yeah, in films. Ah, yeah, no, but it also says he never did put anything in his mouth. Oh, right, okay. So, yeah, sometimes they like, raped him. Yeah. But, no, there is a point where Morgan Freeman says he never did put anything in his mouth. Because he always said, whatever you do... And even if they had an ice pick there, his what he says to... I mean, they're pretty dumb... What he says to him would still hold. Yeah. That if any brain injury or anything like that, the mouth will just clamp down. Not true, but uh, you know. He, they didn't know that. I think yeah, no. At least he got away with not having anyone. Well, I tried to do, Joe. He's not going to prison in the fucking first place. Well, that's how I tried to go through life, Mark. But just trust me. If if you're eating your dinner and someone comes and starts eating it, even though they kill you, yeah, you've got to. Smash your plate over their face. Okay, I remember right. that next time I'm in, I'm in uh, cell block, whatever. 
99. So, uh, so okay, so he has the brawl around the gym equipment. Yeah, well, they're written in with um, gym bars. <laughs> I think it doesn't, make, it doesn't do anything. Oh, I don't know. They, I would say every blow in this film counts. And he, he, by the end of it, he has been injured. He, I mean, he's just a tough bloke, but he yeah. has taken some hits. He's not... Well, he takes two of them out. There's three of them there, and he, he just takes two of them clean out. Yeah. Don't the, don't the warden come out and all the guards point guns? Yeah. And then one of them still goes for him. And don't he just smash his head against the wall? Yeah. It's pretty brutal. Um, is, that, is that the point where he gets his belt? Yeah, that's when he goes into... That's when he actually gets into Cell Block 99. Yeah. And it, it goes like almost gothic horror, doesn't it? Is that he's almost in like the bowels of a cat? It's like it what it looks here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the bowels of a castle. Yeah, they do a few Dutch angles when he gets down there, I think. Yeah, and it's yeah. proper grotty. Yeah, it's like horrible. you said, Dan, Dante's in photos. He's, yeah. he's in the middle, and he knows. He pretty much knows once he's going in there, he's he's not coming out alive. I think. <coughs> I think he realizes that straight away. That's why he doesn't give a fuck. Well, and you in. Um, Redcliffe as well, you kind of come to realise is um, it's not really a prison that plays by the rules, is it? Do you know what I mean? They don't, Warden Tugs isn't really... Um, no, they've got the worst of the worst. And it's, the, it's the people in there are people nobody cares about. Yeah. And you sus- I mean, lo- a lot of what is going on there is, it, it is clearly illegal by yeah. prison, even by American prison standards, you know. But they still kill people, but you know. Yeah, but I mean, he has, he gets into cell block ninety nine. They give him a belt that basically gives him a shot, basically like a dog collar, a shock collar, goes around his waist. It's a kidney burner. Yeah, and it burns his kidneys. But he's he's shouting out for this guy's name, isn't he? Christopher Cross. He's, I'm sure it's Christopher Cross. Chris that, Cross. I don't know. Chris is Cross. it Christopher Cross? It is. Chris Cross. I think it is Christopher Cross. No, he, what you do? It sounds like a made-up name. New York City, the best that you can do is fall in love. That's not Chris. That's not that's Chris. Chris Cross. I don't think Christopher that Cross. Christopher Cross did that. Yeah, the theme from Arthur. Yeah, I've got it on my phone. Are you sure? Yeah, Written it is by, something Cross. Is it Bert Bacharach, Sega, and Christopher Cross? Okay. He's going to Google it now. No, it's on my phone. Why have you got that on your phone? Because I love that song. Where's Christopher Cross? Yeah, you might be right. No, I am right. Is that who he's looking for in this film? No. <laughs> so who's he looking for in the film? I don't film? know. You look at that. I'll look at this. Jamie and Fortune's Betamax Dungeon. Christopher Bridge. What? Who's... Yeah, it's not Christopher Cross. It's Christopher oh, that's who Bridge. he's looking for. He's Chris... looking for Christopher okay. Bridge. <laughs> Mate, we've got this... Renders this... What you're doing now completely pointless, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> So, no, we've got a no-no. Well, but, but is it definitely Christopher... Yeah, is it definitely Christopher Cross that did... Yeah. <coughs> if we get caught between the moon and New York City. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, find it quickly. All right. Just pause it No, no, just find it. I'll cut it all out later. Well, all right. Yeah. Come on. You're just making more work for yourself. No, you I'm just not. Stop I've got to cut a lump out anyway. You've been you're broad... Bu- you're broad... Oh, band screwing me over. Christ. Arthur's theme, written by Christopher Cross, Burt Bacharach, Carol Biasega, so I was right. There you go, and we didn't even need that. 
He's looking for Christopher Bridge. Well, well, well done, Mark. I'm sorry. I was getting my, I was getting my singers of obscure eighties movie theme it's tunes not that obscure, mixed is it? up. It's a massive. It was a massive song. No, no, it's probably song. bigger than the film. No, I like the film. It was of his time, wasn't it? But it's good at the time. I like the song. So, okay. So he's, he's looking for Christopher Bridge. Okay, Christopher And he Bridge. shakes out in the cell block. And then he finds... He's not there. He's not there. There, there is no Christopher There is no Christopher Cross. And, and the then guy, there's a rug pool. No, 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 There is a rug pool. He's talking to one of his neighbor, guys in the neighbouring cells who says to him... Because in, in the previous prison, it, it's, it's said, if, you, if, if you're asked about what you've done to get in here, the best thing to do is be honest. Unless you've being kids or women yeah uh, he asked this guy in the neighbouring cell in cell block 99 what he did and he doesn't answer him he goes people people out there don't miss me yeah there's nobody there's nobody thinking of so he's done some horrible shit well well yeah you kind of of course just, of course he has yeah more than likely he's in cell block 99 yeah he basically finds out that, that there appears to be no Christopher Bridge I still want to say Christopher Cross Love that song. Um, but there's no Christopher Bridge in Cell Block 99. No, 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 no. And uh, doesn't he then, don't the guards then show up again and say, someone wants to see you? Yeah, has he not broken a guard's arm by this point? I don't think he has in... I think he's broken another guard's arm. What, when he's in Cell Block no, I don't think he does in Cell Block 99. I think he in, when he gets into Cell Block 99, he just sort of... I mean, they beat the hell out of him, don't they? And they give him the belt, which yeah. is a, like the kidney burner. And he's kind of well-behaved, I think, through most of that. Then he gets then he gets the invite to, like, the inner... Well, it's basically where the... It's, it's the guy who runs Cell Block 99, isn't it? The prisoner, which is kind of, like, running the place. Yeah. And he finds out that it's the... South American guy from earlier on. The big cheese. The, yeah, the big cheese. Uh, and he's set the whole thing up just to get Bradley into the prison. Yeah. Just so to he, screw him over, so basically. Him on a date, so, basically. Yeah, so they can beat him up. Because um, he cost him a lot of money and he got... Was it a relative of his he got killed? Like a cousin or a brother-in-law? Yeah, Pedro, the guy that the guy that died at the, the deal that went wrong. Was his son-in-law or something? Okay. Bradley basically orchestrates an escape, doesn't he? He finds a way in the gate in the belt. Yeah. Because he basically tears his shoes up and he puts the soles of his shoes down the back of it against his kidneys. And he works out that when the guards use the belt, he's not getting a shock. Yeah. Um, but he pretends. Yeah. Uh, and then he, he makes his play, basically, doesn't he? Oh, God, yeah. So he gets out of his cell. I think, didn't they just get him into the into their like little compound to just give him a kick in again they do to begin with and then he goes back and then he then he works out how to negate the belt and then he somehow gets that can't quite remember don't he have a bit of a don't he lock the guards into his cell no this is this is before that that's the last play he does yeah he ends up in the cell with the there's three henchmen and the, and the main guy in there. I mean this is when we get to the oh, God, yeah. brawl in cell block night, and it's been a long time coming, it, it, it? so it by is. this time you're really does, looking it forward does, it to it. There's a 70s troop of one guy at a time, yeah. But it's a it's, it's quick. I mean, you think the film is called Brawl in Cell Block 99, and you think there's you not don't, a brawl yet, you don't get a lot, 
But what you do get is pretty golden. Isn't well, it? it's, it's the goriest punch em up, punch em up since Mortal Kombat. I mean, it is a Mortal Kombat. Yeah, it is a Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. There, there, there's Finish one. <laughs> there's one guy who he ends up closest to him, and it, they're having a fight. And there's two. Remember, there's two other big guys stood there as well. Yeah, doing night at this point. They're not doing anything. He's fighting one guy. He gets the better of him. And he, oh, yeah, doesn't he? And he, he knocks him down and he steps on his head. He's face, he face stomps him. He face stomps him, and he's, but he's still alive at this point. Yeah. And he says, come on and step closer and I'll kill him. And it's, it honestly, it's like somebody stepping on a banana skin. Mm. He just... Face scrape. Face scrapes him. He does. He literally face scrapes the shit out of that guy. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> he rolls over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it's down to the skull, isn't it? It's down to the Scrape skull. the skin off his face. Oh, his nose is gone. Yeah. And you see all the, you see the skin just like slide down to his chin. It's an awesome bit of gore, that. It is. And good... one of the guys just goes, just goes into the corner and throws up, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then he gets his eyes gouged out, didn't he? Was that same guy? I can't remember. Is, I'm just thinking, is there, is there ever been a well-choreographed fight where one guy... Has literally been fighting multiple. There must have been. Well, where, yeah. Where the it doesn't look like they're queuing up. Yeah, where they where like two people have tried to grab his arms Do while you know another what? guy punches his face. Or it's rare. I know it's rare. They I do know, generally do the queuing up thing. Uh, yeah, I thought some of the, the brawling and uh, uh, as good as it was, it did look a bit stiff in places. Yeah. But um, there was, there was. You still felt like every blow counted. Yeah, definitely. And I, it, I know what you were saying about Bradley taking a lot of hits. That's a yeah. He he's still going, and he has been whacked a few times. I mean, a a a, a barbell round the back of your shoulders. Yeah, it's gonna would probably drop anyone. I would think. But I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's a big tough guy. He's a tough guy. You know. Um, I was just trying to think then of a fight scene where there's it's been like two on one but believable. There's what about, got, there's, what there's, about the second Matrix film where he's fighting all of the Mr... No. It's just fantasy. Well, you can't, just, you, that's not yeah, exactly that, gritty realism, is it? No, no, no. In a lot of the fight scenes were just too CGI. No, so you can't, no, 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 no. You can't compare... But no, but this is good right. to compare because this this is a film where every blow that lands, you kind of feel it. Feel, feel it. it doesn't feel well, like... There's been, there's been fight scenes where you can feel every blow. Yeah. They live, you feel every blow, isn't it? Not quite the same way. Yeah, but they feel heavy, don't they? It's an interesting, it's an interesting thing about fights in movies and that, how they can seem so different. Um I mean, these these are kind of realistic in that they're pretty short. Yeah. You know, in like it, when you're at that level, and you're going at someone, they tend to be. I would assume yeah, pretty quick. Not no, last, not really. No, not really. And I mean, that kind of fighting, like brawling, you're getting tired quick, and yeah, so you need to put the bloke down quick. Yeah. So. They're all kind of blows that are aiming to really finish it. I can't remember how the second guy goes. He curb stomps him as well. I he that takes was a big guy. He, he takes his jaw off, doesn't he? I thought that was a big guy. He did that too. 
Because there was a big guy and a little guy left. Yeah. After the skull scrape. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. That's my favourite. After the skull scrape. And it makes that awesome sound oh, as well. Oh, squeaks. Like his face against the... I've never seen that in a film before, though. Have you ever seen that maneuver? No. You know I mean, American History X has got the all-time cringe-worthy curb oh. stomp. But this is right up there with it. Oh. Face scrape. The face scrape. Oh, it's nasty. It's just, it almost went into cartoon when he when he rolled him over. It's like, <laughs> it's like oh my god! Why did he <laughs> And the skull was so white as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I can't remember how the I can't remember how the, the, the next little guy goes. Does he just get his eyes poked out and and start? I think he stunts on everybody's head, doesn't he? I, there is. I, there, is there an eye poke? I only watched it the other night. It's terrible that I can't remember. He pokes... Does I mean, he put his finger through someone's his, eye? He thumbs some guy in the eye. Yeah, Then yeah. the other guy gets a chair out and hits him, but the big guy gets a chair out and that's hits him it. in the chair. And that's the guy. He curb, He <coughs> basically smashes his jaw off, doesn't he? Yeah. And then he's left with the, the Oh, God, the gang yeah. Leader. <laughs> he's left with a gang leader who gets his phone out to um, tell the abortionist to start cutting the baby's limbs off. And he... Uh, we should reiterate. He, he really is an evil abortionist. Yeah. Because he's so gutted that he gets called off. Oh, yeah. Ultimately. Ultimately, yeah. Um, so, yeah, sorry. So, he yeah, so he's got his phone, but he's he's basically... He thinks he's still got the upper hand. Yeah. And he's basically saying, oh... But bear in mind, at this point, he's he should have been like, maybe I should call this off. Yeah. Maybe I should call this off. He's just wasted three of the top guys yeah, in yeah. front of me and smashed all their faces in, and now he's coming for me. He still seemed pretty. <coughs> arro- he still seemed pretty relaxed and arrogant yeah. when there was only one guy left. Yeah, and you're like, mate, I I would be getting out of that cell now. Yeah, or at least helping. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the guy that's Bradley's good. in full Terminator mode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, he takes them apart, and it. I mean. The the brawl is pretty short lived. Yeah, it was, it's three but minutes. It, but it is a memorable b- brawl in Cell Block ninety nine. Then he finally gets hold of the Mister Big. Yeah. Says to him, "He's a little guy. He's a little Oh, he's about five eight. Let's not get into the height. <laughs> he says to him, "Call it off." And he goes, "No." <laughs> he gets his phone off him, dials the number, gives him the phone, and then bent. Does his knee. Yeah, right back. Yeah. Bends his knee, smacks his knee so it bends the other way. And he still won't call it off. Or does he... Does he, does he does no, I think after that he's pretty quick. No, he's dragging him across the floor by his bad leg, isn't he? Yeah, but he, yeah. I, I think after that he's pretty quick to phone up. And, I mean, but he, yeah, basically calls it off. He calls it off. No, something happens. What's he waiting for? Well, because the two prison guards come back. Well, he... he well, Bradley gives him instructions to call it off. Yeah. And then he says, um, I'm waiting on a phone call. When I get a call from this person telling me that my wife's safe. How did Gil know to call who? Say again. How did Gil know to call anyone? Which Gil? Gil, the, is the drug dealer, mate. Who was... No, it's not Gil. I thought it was Gil. No, it's the guy he meets. It's the guy that Gil shows up with. No, <laughs> listen to me. I am. When... It gets called off. Yeah. The placid man and the um, abortionist. Evil abortionist. Evil abortionist. Yeah. They take his wife somewhere. They take him to 
They're, yeah. They're taken to Gil. I don't think that is Gil. It's Gil, isn't it? Who is it then? I think it's just another friend of his. I don't, I don't think that is Gil. I'm pretty Not sure at the end. Is. No, no, no. Because, hang on. Let's pause it a second. I don't think that is. I think that's another friend of him. He does say he's waiting on a call from him. I'm pretty sure it was Gil. Yeah, so it was Gil. I mean, what I did get wrong... Yeah, I don't know why I missed that, really. What I did get wrong was he's already uh, imprisoned two of the guards. He's killed one of the guards accidentally. Oh, yeah, he slams the door on his head, doesn't he? Yeah. But then that was that guard's fault. And that guard was was a a nasty bully. Yeah, he was a prick. Um, and if he'd have just stayed, stayed he, that was purely accident. Yeah. And don't one of the gu- the other guards say, "Oh, you've killed him," and he goes, "Yeah, I know what I did." Yeah. He did, but even in that, you know that he's not. Because he, he's like, oh, you stupid son of a bitch. Yeah. He's, and I mean, it was pretty dumb. He stuck his head out. Yeah. Between a wall and a heavy door. Yeah, you just see his head go. <laughs> yeah, and he just and Bradley just slams the door, kicks the door shut on him. Basically, his head, slide his down. head just yeah, yeah. Um, so he, he's tortured the um, the crime lord to call off the hit. Uh, the placid man and the abortionist. The abortionist is gutted, isn't he? He's he is like, gutted. Yeah. He's, like, oh. he's got his he's got his protective suit on. He's his like, oh, he's, oh he, I can't cut a baby. His shoulders drop and everything. He's like, oh, I'm so looking forward to chopping the limbs off a baby in the womb. He's horrible. Evil, he's an evil abortionist. He is an evil abortionist. Uh, and he gets shot, then he, at the end. By, I mean, basically, when they drop her off... Yeah, Gil's in, he's, he's stood there unarmed. Yeah. Waiting for them to drop her off. The plastic man's reversing the car slowly, and Gil just gets a rifle out of it, he's left in a bush, and just shoots him. The baddies all really go to part bits at the end, yeah. don't they? I mean, there's no, they don't seem to have any other men involved or no. anything. And I mean, the... I mean, that whole drop-off, it really goes badly for the placid man. Yeah, he's I just mean, backing away. Really so he's just yeah. backing away so yeah. he gets shot, gets shot and the car trundles into a hedge. And the abortionist goes tumbling out of the passenger seat, back seat, and Jennifer Carpenter shoots him. Yeah. Multiple times. So they, they get, that's the kind of well-worked-in, kind of happy ending on yeah. that part. Then he speaks to his wife for a moment on the phone. Yeah, it's sad. At this point, all the rest of the prison guards are waiting outside. Well, he he's bought himself some time, but he it's basically the end of the road for him. All the he's trapped, pretty much in a corridor. All the guards are there. The warden tugs is there, and he and he's not really negotiating for himself in any way. All he really wants is to hear that last phone call from his wife. Yeah. And when he hears it, he knows that's it for him. He's going to let them in or they're going to get in and that's going to be it for him. And he has one last thing to do with the crime lord. Oh, God, yeah. Um, and he drags him over his little horrible toilet, which is basically just a pipe in the floor. Yeah. And he just absolutely curb stomps the shit out of his face. Till his head falls off. Yeah. And he says... Was it? Uh, I heard that a severed head can still be cognizant for two to three minutes I hope after. So. I hope so. And the head, the severed head, is just sat in that sewer pipe. Yeah, oh. it's brilliant. That's um, crunching. Oh yeah, and that is a real crunchy, like proper old school effects as well. Him yeah. just really 
kicking the shit out of that guy's head. Awesome. Great stuff. And then, so we're at the end of the film. The guards break into the cell. They get into the cell block. They get into the cell yeah, where Bradley like, is. Yeah, they just throw your fingers. Yeah, and he, Bradley puts his hands up. He's just They just kill him. One in the chest, one in the head. Yeah, Bradley... Uh, yeah, Bradley gets shot by Warden Tugs. Yeah, and that's the end of the film. And he, yeah, and it's real bleak, it's brutal, sudden, brutal, brutal quick. There's no proper like, seven is. Yeah, and then, I mean it's a it's a dodgy effect, but you do see his head. There is like an exploding head there. Yeah, and uh, it's a bad prosthetic head. I think it's kind of supposed to be though, isn't it? Yeah, it's in keeping with the. It's in with the tone. Yeah, it's of that era mm. of the film, and uh, it's so fatalistic, isn't it? It's like there ain't going to be a sequel to this one. No, no. And no. I mean, you proper see him get shot in the head. Well, as soon as he got the job from the plastic man, an hour and six minutes before, you know, it wasn't going to end well. He no, no, it was. He, all, he wasn't getting out of this life. It was all downhill from that. But uh, God Gil's, damn it, Gil's, Gil's fault. Oh yeah, he's a dick. Yeah, well, yeah. Don't don't get involved in crime. Would be my advice. Try to stay out of crime. Trouble. Try to stay out of trouble, young man. Well, yeah, that as well. Um, Marks out of five. I I flip flop between four and five. I five, I think five. Uh, the first hour is a bit slow. It is good setup though. Yeah, in in a way. That slow first hour is clever as well because because you see him take that car apart. Yeah, there's you've always got in your head like this could that you're going to see him take a person apart like that, and by the end oh, you yeah. you definitely yeah. see. Oh, he's taking a bike. Yeah, so it it does pay off like that. You are after that car scene, that's what you're waiting for, mm. and it does give you that, but it does just take a while to get there. Yeah, I thought the, the start of it was very clever because you like you're nervous the first time you see him because you just think he's just gonna be and he, he's not the nicest man, but he's, he's he's not as horrible as you might think he is. But there's he's got the capacity to be. Yeah, he's not just like a horrible. No, not at all. By the and by the end, you kind of respect him. He's a good. Yeah. He's a good bloke, really. By the end, don't you think? Is he a good bloke? I don't know. He does bad things. He's a good bloke that does bad things. He does terrible things, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's, they, got, he's, got mean, co- he's got a code of honour in well, any man that's got a code some, of honour somebody to cut off your own one child's limbs or do that to a man I suppose mm. but he always had the capacity to do that yeah so. but he did but he had no he had no need to so yeah. that again that's a like I said uh, yeah he's got he had a code he had a code I like guys with codes if you've got a code of honour where are you going now you've literally gonna, just sat down I'm going to put my Beer bottle over here. Um, what? Uh, yeah. So okay. Yeah. Uh, Brawl in Cell Block 99, 2017. I I'm gonna go five. I'm gonna say five. I'm in a good mood. Uh, can I say four? You can say what you like. You can say, say one, f- two, three, four, or five. I'll say four. Have you seen the director's other films? Yeah. Um, and I would recommend them to you. Um, I think Bone Tomahawk was his first one. I've seen some clips of that and I don't fancy it. Why? Because of the cut of the man in half with the down the middle. I don't know. There's a I've not seen of a man getting cut in half. What? 
Oh, oh, for God's sake. Mark. Mark, we're, we're podcasters yeah. about horror films. Yeah. Well, I right. probably will watch it. We well, can't draw the line, isn't I'm it? I'm not drawing the line. It sounds like you were drawing the line. I'm just saying I don't fancy. I'm not... I'm right, not. okay. I, d- I didn't fancy Cannibal Holocaust, but I still watched it. I didn't fancy Irreversible. It destroyed me, but I still watched it. I didn't fancy Straw Dogs, but I watched it and it destroyed me. Did it? What, a little bit. A little tiny part of me died. What about this dragged across concrete? Uh, I like that. Is that more of a crime thing, is it? Yeah, I mean, that goes to dark places, mind. And that that ran into a bit of trouble when it came out, partly because it was Mel Gibson and partly... I mean, you're not supposed to like the cops and there there's a scene where they're kind of complaining about modern woke culture um and that ran into trouble but then you're not supposed to like them you know they're not they're not they're they're people you know they're not heroes they're not villains they're people there's bad things about them but by the end of the film you it's one of them films where you kind of see that uh, you may not agree with them, but in some areas, they're well, shades of grey. Exactly, exactly. Um, and it, I mean, it is a good film. In Bone Tomahawk as well. Um, I, yeah, the bit you're talking about it don't go on that long, and the rest of the film's really good. Kurt Russell's really good in it. I like um, I like Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. I like Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. He's, Kurt, built, he's, he's grown into a western. Kurt Russell's awesome. There's very few films with Kurt Russell in that I haven't enjoyed. Overboard? <coughs> I kind of like Overboard. You kind of like Overboard? Oh, yeah, I like Overboard. I like that like by today's standards, the whole setup of oh, that screwball <laughs> yeah, is problematic. But back then... Uh, that was fun. Pe- yeah, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> she was a horrible bitch, so it's okay that he's going to subjugate her when she's got amnesia. Yeah, that's fine. Pretend that he's married to her. That's problematic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That is really, <laughs> that is really yeah, bad really what he bad. does. <laughs> but she was kind of a but bitch. But it's, it's done in a fun knockabout way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's what you realise. It, like, it's all about perspective. Like all these bad things that happen, if you just look at it in a fun knockabout, knockabout way, way, like oh. the comedian, hey, it's just a big joke. It's fine. If you look at it like that, everything's okay. Anyway, yeah, Overboard's fine. I like Overboard. Uh, Vanilla Sky is probably exactly. my least. Well, surely those, some of those Disney ones from the 60s. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Was it uh, Escape to Boy? Summit Mountain or right, something? I don't think he was in that. Summit Mountain, not Witch Mountain. Yeah, was he in that? I don't think so. Escape to Witch Mountain. He was in like the Invisible Boy in the. Oh, was he in Digby or something like that? Or don't I? He's in loads of stuff. I like Kurt Russell. I even like Tango and Cash. Tango and Cash is alright. It's terrible. It's alright. Two stars, but I still love it. (laughs) And uh, and um, uh, Zadar, maniac cops in that, isn't he? Yeah, he is with a big chin. Yeah, poor chap. Yeah. Oh, it is a condition. <laughs> it's a condition. You, it was you that told me Cher- about it. Cherubism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, if I, I, you got a feel for the guy. Do you know what I mean? Um. Uh. I. So anyway, yeah. Because we've wrapped up, man. Uh. We're at that point of. The... <coughs> no, we're not. It's to be gone. We've, we've, we've what? Gone. What? We've done an hour and a half, mate. Oh, okay. 
Well, I'm not doing that. I'm not. But I'm well, you've it. spoken too much about this, haven't you? <laughs> you've ruined the book nook, Mark. We're going I to love. The, can I at least do the line? No, it takes did. you ten minutes. But I like saying it. No, we're not going there tonight. Well, apparently it isn't the part of the evening where I would normally say, oh. Mark, what have you been reading in your book nook this week, Mark? Nothing. Okay, we're not doing the book nook. Um, I'll just point out, uh, Quentin Tarantino's doing calm, a... Calm down. I'm just trying to talk quickly <laughs> because you're moaning about the time. Oh, Quentin Tarantino is doing a podcast. Yeah. Very similar to ours. <coughs> yeah. Uh, called Video Archives. I ask going to be rubbish. I don't think it will, Mark. I think it will probably be pretty professional. Yeah, do you it'll make a good companion piece to this nonsense? I'm sure he'll get way more listens than we do. I would like to point out that uh, Quentin Tarantino and Roger Avery worked in a video shop. When it shut down, Quentin Tarantino bought the entire video collection, and that is what they're watching for their podcast. Oh, right, okay. What I would say is like, yeah, that's kind of cool, but is what- it... Is it fucking dungeon, mate? Exactly. Is it as cool as a magical Betamax dungeon? No. Left to someone via inheritance that has an endless supply of any Betamax. And it comes with this free. You didn't get a free little fella. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah, you got to love that guy. He's. uh, We'll we'll get some more mileage out of him, Mark, before you kill him. He's had a reprieve for a couple of months. Yeah, yeah, good. Okay. Right. Thanks, Jamie. Cheers, Mark. Wonderful this evening. Thanks, listener. Thanks, listener. See uh, see you soon. (laughs) See you soon. (laughs) Thanks. Jamie and Fortress Betamax Dungeon.